Good morning. So uh, I'm just going to start with some prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for um, this incredible church, church family. And I pray, God, that you would help each person that's in this building today see themselves the way you see them. Lord, that you would just um, speak to their soul and whatever that might be, Lord. It may not even be from something that is set up here, but I pray, God, that um, no matter what, the words that are set up here today would be directly from you, and there's no question about that, that they would be your words, Lord, and that you would just bless this church community beyond what we can imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, Mike and I spent 22 years in a vineyard church, and it had a profound impact on, um, you know, our walk with Jesus and, and the movement of the, the Spirit through people. And this is going to be, basically, as an intro to the gifts of the Spirit this morning, we're going to talk about why this is a value and how to practice it. All right, so... Um... One of the things that was really impacted upon me in that time was that God has given us the ability to communicate with the Holy Spirit so that we can be equipped to do ministry. One of the, uh, and we'll, we'll go over some examples of that, of where that's happened in the past, but I'm going to go over, go through some scriptures. Uh, they will be in the NIV. So Gabe, if you could bring up the first slide. Excellent. Acts 1, 4, and 5, where basically it all started for the church and, and, the, and the, the partnership with the Holy Spirit. On one occasion, Jesus, while he was eating with them, this is after the death, resurrection, and when he was hanging around and kind of giving them guidance and last-minute instructions and those kinds of things, he gave this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Next, next slide. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on, on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the Great Commission. What's interesting to me when I finally like got this, I'm a little slow, is that it's the equipping of the Spirit which empowers the church to go do the stuff. And so, I mean, that's pretty cool. So anyway, uh, next slide, Gabe. Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They uh, saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Now, this was an amazing uh, interesting manifestation of the Spirit. I don't recall, but I'm not a scholar, that any time prior to this, there was a, a lot of speaking in a foreign language. And they say tongues, many translations say languages. But what was even more interesting is that this noise of the Spirit coming on the, on the early church created quite a ruckus in this area of Jerusalem. And there were people visiting from all around the region, speaking, speaking different languages, that sort of thing. So they come rushing to this noise. They hear praise to God being spoken in their own tongue, and, and they were amazed by this. One of the signs that God uses so often for his church. And 
And then, of course, some of them mocked and said, well, these guys are just a bunch of drunks. And so Peter decides to kind of dispel that myth, and he gets up. Uh, next slide, Gabe, Acts 2, 14 through 21. Peter then, then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Next slide. Oh, there you go. Good job. All right. Thanks, man. In the last days... <laughs> In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, <clears throat> the day of Pentecost, of course, was when, the day the, was when the early church received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and moved into the ministry under the direction of the Spirit. And throughout the book of Acts, we actually, in prayer this morning, Daniel brought up another passage later on in the book about how the Spirit moved to cause the, the church to be planted in the Gentile community through um, the centurion. My goodness, my brain just did it. Cornelius, thank you very much in the back of the room. And so um, by the direction of the Spirit, signs and wonders happen, the church it, it grows, and things move forward. So I really encourage you, take time, read through the book of Acts. It's just got wonderful stories of the early church, how God moved, how he moved, the different things that were going on, and how he equipped the least likely to do the things of, of ministry. All right, so next slide, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Next slide, uh, 12, 8 through 11. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So just as many colors complete a painting, so many gifts are essential for functioning of the, the body of Christ. They're given to each of us to be used for the good of all of us, to build one another up and enable us to serve and glorify Christ together. Next slide. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give or if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Clearly, the gifts must be based in love, and our gifts God has given us for building his body of believers. 
So how do we live out the gifts? God wants us to know what our gifts are and use them for his purpose. All right, so <clears throat> we'd like to transition to the how portion of this. Why is this a value? We've kind of covered that. So one of the things that um, we got the, 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 the great pleasure of experiencing was the, the, the gifts of the Spirit moving in the body and doing cool stuff. So here's an interesting little tidbit. This was, oh gosh, probably 15 years ago, but it made a huge impact on me. Um, we, uh, at our previous church, would uh, have ministry time at the end. So this particular Sunday, we met in a cafeteria. We gathered in circles of three to five people, and we're just going to, you know, wait on the Lord and, 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 and pray over one another, that type of thing. You know, if you had a concern or a care or a need, you'd, you'd mention that to the group. And so um, that day, it was Tammy, I, and a young woman we'd never met before. She... Um, had gone to a vineyard church in another uh, another location in the country, and she was here visiting. She went and Googled vineyard churches, found ours, showed up. So she sits down, and and we're you know we're praying for one another. And she says, "Hey, would would you mind if it's not too weird?" She goes, "I really feel that I have something from the Lord for you." And we said, "Oh, okay," and. Um, she hit it dead out of the park. I mean, we were going through some stuff, and it seemed like we were all alone and things weren't great. And she just blessed me to no end with the word that she had from the Lord. And there's no way in the world she could have known. She didn't know us, couldn't have known the circumstances, couldn't have spoken into them that way without a word from the Spirit. And it was wonderful. And we've never seen her again. I mean, it's just like she came in. She came to church that day to give this word to us, and then she was on her way. That's kind of some, uh, how the Spirit works at times. Sorry. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so um, over time, I have begun to realize, even though it was really scary for me, that I am supposed to pray for people. And <laughs> it hasn't been that fun, but, um, but it's what I'm, I'm trying to be obedient, okay? So I'm supposed to pray for people. So as Mike and I were putting this talk together, he actually said, do you remember when you prayed for Roger at our previous church and he was healed? And I said, nope, <laughs> I, I do not remember that, have no recollection of that. But what I do remember is um, something, a time that God really used that in, for me to understand what he wanted me to do with his spirit. And that was when I prayed for uh, Rebecca at our church, and um, it was her, for her shoulder, and she just came up to me and asked if I would pray for healing for her shoulder, and I did. Didn't feel a thing. I was just being obedient, and the next Sunday, she came back to church and said, you should know that my shoulder was healed. And that wasn't me. That was God. And it's so cool to be able to be used by God, and there's no doubt that it has nothing to do with, with us. It's just being obedient and responsive to what we're supposed to do. Let's see. Got carried away on that. Um, That's that okay. was it. We have time. Okay, uh, another story. So we were, I was at, actually you didn't go to this, I was at a vineyard conference at Vancouver Vineyard, and uh, we took a team up there, and it was a great conference. I'd never been to one before, and you know, great worship and teaching, that sort of thing. And, and once again, we had a we had a ministry time. So the team gathered around, and you know, we're listening, waiting on the Lord. And and um, 
And this doesn't usually happen to me, but this was the first experience where I just, I got a picture in my head of something, and it was just strong, and, and it was directed at one of the gals on our team, and I'm like, eh, I don't know, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I just, it, it's, it's kind of scary when, when the Lord calls you to step out and do something that seems abnormal or might be taken wrong, and what if you're wrong, you know, it could be bad pizza, I mean, who knows? So... I just go, okay, here we go. So I go, hey, do you mind? I think I have, I have an impression that the Lord, I think the Lord's given me that I'd love to share with you. I don't know, because she hadn't really shared anything that was going on or a specific prayer request. But I said, okay, can I do this? And she said, sure. And so I said, okay, here's what I got. And, and, and she just immediately started weeping. And, um, and so, the, of course, then she, the kind of the, 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 the protection, the, the whole covering it up and on her side kind of went down and we were able to lay hands and pray on her. She needed to kind of get ministry from women specifically at that time. So they kind of went off and, and did that sort of thing. But, but I, I'll never forget that because I almost didn't do it. I almost thought, yeah, it was bad pizza. I'm not going to do this. I don't want to look like a fool. But I did it, and, and, and the spirit moved, and she was touched, and it made a difference. So uh, one more example of not wanting to be obedient but doing it anyway was um, four years ago, I guess a little over four years ago, probably four and a half, something like that, a neighbor across the street from us where we live now in her 40s was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer. And three kids at home, um, husband, all that good stuff. And so, of course, we said, can we bring you a meal when we learned that? And got the meal together on our way over there. By the time I left the driveway to walk across the street, God was going, you do know that you need to pray for her, right? And, of course, her, the, the cars never leave on Sunday morning, so that's a fairly good indication they may, they may, not, may not know Jesus. And so, so I was like, oh, great, and didn't know them very well. So I was, I was like, you're kidding, for sure. So about four times between there and their front door, God goes, did you hear what I said? You know, you need to pray for them, right, or for her. For her. So I just kind of put that in the back of my mind. We walked through the house into the kitchen, put the food down, and God just, like, slapped me across the face. And I go, can I pray for you? I couldn't believe I said it, but I did. <laughs> and she said, yes. And I was like, okay. So I, I put my hand on her, and I was silent for a second, and then I just started crying. And all I could do was cry. And all I could do was cry. And I cried for a few awkward moments. <laughs> it was, all I could do was cry. And, um, and I... You know, I, I, and I, when I was done crying, I, I apologized. I was so embarrassed, and I apologized to her, and, and she was crying, of course, and she said, no, that was amazing. And I go, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I said that. It was God. It wasn't me. Why would I do that in my own, you know, my own flesh? So since that time, um, fast forward four years later, she's cancer-free, and I have no idea if it had anything to do with crying, but she's cancer-free, praise God. 
And what, it, what that did was it, it opened up a window for us to slowly build a relationship. And um, we're just certain one of these days we'll get that family over here to this church. But, but <laughs> that was a pretty wild um, spirit moving for sure. Oh. One more thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, um, one more, uh, one more thing. So, um, uh, about 11 years ago, 12 years ago, real quick, um, we were um, going through an adoption process. We thought we were going to adopt um, a couple little boys, and thought we were supposed to be parents, and it just was never happening. And so, um, went through that whole process in the courtroom with the kid, the parents and all that stuff. And ultimately the judge decided that these two little boys were going to be in a halfway house with their dad. So that didn't happen. And we were, that was a rough time. You know, we were struggling. Why God, you know, why did that happen? And, and then within about six months, a gal at our previous church came up to us and, or to me actually, and said, God just, asked me to, to tell you that um, you need to be okay with the fact that he has designed you to make a positive difference in the lives of adults and not necessarily children. And I was like, okay, and you know, took that. And then as we look back all these years later, he, it, was, it was correct. It really was. So it's pretty awesome. All right. So kind of in conclusion on this, Pressing into the spirit will cause disruption and, 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 and things in your life because um, when, we, when we press into the spirit, we're calling the kingdom into this time. And, 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 and that's the, what Wimber called the messy in the middle, okay? The here and not yet. And, and we're used to things being orderly and we having answers for stuff and, you know, the whole modern man concept of, of, you know, these are the principles and this is the outcome and that's the, the spirit doesn't work that way, okay? The spirit does what the spirit's going to do and we need to be comfortable with that. Um, I could talk for an hour about the different, what I would consider bizarro things that have happened as a result of inviting the spirit in the spirit doing what the spirit does and you go okay that was a little rough so um but the needs of the world are too great for us to uh, to to stifle the movement of the spirit we need to be actively pursuing and listening and participating in that because all through church history signs and wonders the spirit moves the church grows people are saved repeat rinse and repeat that's just the cycle that is done and i just want to encourage uh you to all press in more if you you know if you want some great materials i've got a couple of books that were very instrumental in helping us understand this because this was contrary to to my upbringing when i um I, brought, I was brought up early in a very conservative church and then went out and was a crazy man for a long time. But I had an experience at 19 that really kind of freaked me out about that whole spirit thing working. And it took a while, but God was real gentle bringing me through a series of different bodies that were more freeing and more freeing and more accepting. And it's just amazing. So with that, we'd like to invite Rick up to... Um, lead us in maybe pressing into these things and tammy and i will be in the back if anybody would like prayer and ministry and things like that thank you very much <laughs>